and welcome back. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little, a little ranty. You feeling a little weighed down by knowledge? Yeah, it, there's, there's a lot to absorb in here. I am, I am a moist sponge. <laughs> I am, I am sponge worthy. <laughs> and moist. Yeah. One of my favorite words you use in description of yourself. Yeah, it's <laughs> moist and flaky. Yeah, I also like uh, welcoming, <laughs> ready. Those are some of the favorite John words. <laughs> ah, yes. Let's jump right into the moist, welcoming chasm of Cinnabar's mouth. So, this book's pretty well known. It's it. I, I've read multiple reviews of it on the internet. Uh, a lot of pe- Something Awful did a big review of it. I've seen a few other people's podcasts where they try and encapsulate it. Uh, it, there's a lot to, to unpack. I, I feel like even though I've read multiple reviews of this book, I'm safe going in. Yeah, there's, uh, there's I mean, layers. We, we had talked about making this a two-parter for a while because there's so much stuff in here, there's no possible way you would be able to go over everything. So I, I figure we just start talking and if in an hour we're not done yet, we'll just cut it off and do another one. <laughs> Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. And, yeah, I, I feel like the best way to talk about this book is let's briefly go over what it is, what the rules are, and then we can really get into the weird individual elements, because let, let, let's go right off the bat. I want to say I feel like this book is written by someone who didn't stop writing this book until they were done. Like, <laughs> they, they started on on uh, thousands or millions of years ago, and they ended at the end index. That's yeah. that's when they finally stopped. Yeah, it... It is one of those things where you're like, if at any point in time the person writing this had stopped and looked at what they had done, they would have been so horrified as to never pick it up again. I feel like the longest pause they were allowed to take while typing was to reach over and get more cocaine. <laughs> yeah, and uh, given the, the various pictures of Raven C.S. McCracken I have seen, uh, I'll believe it. Yeah, yeah. There, there was probably a point where he stopped typing with one hand so we could grab a handful of dexedrine. <laughs> But otherwise, no, it was, it was just typing for, what, like a week? Yeah. It's like a vision quest of a book. And it's, the other wonderful thing is I look at this and we've, we've reviewed some various other, you know, vanity project completely done by one person books. But this one, it was created by Raven C.S. McCracken, but also written with Bryce Thelen, which means he had to infect someone else with his level of crazy in order to do this book. Well, you know, that kind of, it's one of those books that reads like an 80s, it's like a, a riffs book, really. It's just 80s power metal excess, the book. And it's not that hard to infect someone with that. I mean, really, the other guy should have been like, wait, these rules are insane. Don't, don't why, what do you, uh, no. You oh, can't, yeah. Those rules don't make sense. But okay, but anyway, enough broad digre- discre- uh, No way, man. You want to keep this, talking broadly? This book has a fucking power mullet. It is amazing it how re- wonderful this book is. It's got power mullets in it. There's more than one picture of a giant power mullet guy straight out of a 14-year-old's binder. Oh, yeah. There is definitely a giant with an axe with a power mullet, and he is doing crazy awesome things. Yeah, and he's three pages after the Amazon, who appears to be mostly camel toe, with about eight pounds of Viking helmet on top. Also, some great underboob. Yeah, some wicked 80s-style underboob. <laughs> that's that's like, you draw that after you just saw an ACDC video. It's like he had heard someone complaining about, like, oh, man, boob armor on women is never effective. And he's like, let me show you how ineffective armor can be. I will put a chainmail shirt Dish thing? It's the first drawing someone did after they heard of the pencil test. <laughs> yeah, it is It is fantastic. Okay, so this is a game set on Mars. Except no, it's set it, on Cinnabar. Okay, so 
So Cinnabar is is a Dyson Sphere style planet made out of Mars that is orbiting a planet called Shalom. Oh no, a sun was, called Shalom. It was made by Jesus. His name is Aridius. He's the god of hope and command. He used to be a mage. Now he's a god of hope and command. And his avatar is what made Cinnabar, and I'm assuming his avatar is Jesus. Well, yeah, it doesn't the, say the specifically, but I'm basically reading between the lines. He does do a lot of Jesus-style sleeping, so yeah, I guess I could see that. Uh, so, basically, the story is that Aridius sent some avatar of himself to Earth to observe people who didn't have a real god so that they could have a nice god to worship, and they started worshiping him, and then a big fight broke out between some other gods. And if you go back one episode of the podcast, you'll see me going over this, this backstory in detail. So I'm going to, I'm going to deeply summarize. There were some other gods that had a fight and that broke God's power structure. So demigods had to take over and they were terrible. So they created a huge storm that was going to destroy the universe. So Aridius tried to help fix it by making it or sent, had his avatar try to help fix it by taking Mars and hollowing it out and moving a bunch of people onto it. And then he was going to send it out of the way of a giant storm, but then yeah. a bunch of stuff happened, and he created a bunch of adventurer classes, and almost everyone died, and then he slept for 30,000 years, and then he slept for 12,000 years, and then he slept for three days, and then he slept for 10,000 years. And then the planet made it, and there's aliens and dark lords and hydras and all kinds of things all over it. Yeah, and no explanation for where it comes from, which is my favorite thing when it's just yeah, and, uh, you know, Jesus took Mars and turned it into a spaceship and teleported everyone onto it and then sent it over to a different planet. And you're like, all right, I'm, I'm bored, whatever, sure. <laughs> I'm basically reading a crazy person's version of Dianetics, but I'm, I'm fine with that. But then it's like, and then we had a dark age and most of the records were lost. Thankfully, the dwarves still had theirs. And you're like, where did the dwarves come from? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Well, it took 50,000 years for the planet to travel through radiation-y, messed-up space at half speed to get to Shalom, so presumably people evolved a bunch during that time to uh, deal with the fact that they now lived on Crazy Planet. Yeah, I mean, the I think technically the book wants you to think that when he created the adventuring classes, those classes included, like, the dwarf and the giant and so on. Yeah, there's also the uh, the Atlantean or Aquarian or whatever yeah, the they're called. Aquarian, yeah, Aquarian, which is just Aquaman. Oh yeah, that's we'll get into that in a, in a second. But basically, you can drill down all of the things in this to a member of the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he when you made all of those, I go all right. Well, that's fine. But then it also says that after the horrible events of like the engine of Mars almost exploding, you had one thousand five hundred people. And then they repopulated back up to, like, six billion. And uh, actually, how? Actually, if you look at the timeline. Now, all I read when I did that reading was the, the opening introductory chapter. The thing that follows it is this big, complex timeline. Oh, yeah. And, and the timeline includes population levels at particular moments. So it'll say, like, this year there were six billion people. Next year there were 40,000. Next year there were 250 billion. Next year there were 11 million. Yeah. Next year there were seven. Next no. year, it, it just keep, goes on like that. It's it's the weirdest thing where it just keeps having, like, the population booms way faster than you would ever actually have a planet's population boom. And then everyone dies. And then it happens again. And then everyone dies. And you're like, everyone on this planet is so inbred. It is just dumb. But don't worry about whether or not there's purebred Native Americans. Because, boy howdy, are they their entire own class. Yeah. There's a whole class of Native Americans. 
So, getting into making your own character, probably the first thing I see when I'm going in here and I skip past all of the stupid bullshit intro, which I always do for every book because I'm a horrible person. Not me. Is I go straight to the character creation, and what's table one? It's their character creation generation outline. Mm-hmm. What do you need to do to make a character? Why, just follow these simple, easy 22 steps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go through them. All right, so we're going to do 1 through 22 of generate basic initial characteristic scores. Choose a method of character generation between four different generation methods. Yeah, you can basically roll or not roll or choose a, a, an array or not follow a thing. Oh, you can, no, it's, you oh, can no, make I, a I character now. class or you can make up your own or just pick one out of the back of the book. Or make a, or play as one of the monsters. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then uh, you assign all your scores. You gotta roll to see if you get random mutations or psionics like you do in Rifts. Yep, it's very palladium-y. You gotta determine what your uh, skills and special abilities are. Mm-hmm. Then you determine attacks. You determine attack segments. Mm-hmm. Then you get your advantage bonus, shot bonus, a whole bunch of shit. Just keeps going on and on forever and ever and ever. What's the on last end. one? What's the very last one? Purchase provisions and equipment. Oh, good. Well, that's nothing too crazy. Uh, Alright, so stat rolling in this game is uh, D20s. Yep. And D20s alone. You roll a D20 and you uh, assign it to a stat. And the, the D20s, you have to roll above an 8 for your stat. Right, I remember so this now. So if you roll a 1 through... No, it's 8 or above. So if you roll a 1 through 7, you have to re-roll the D20. Mm-hmm. So you're mostly trying to get a decently high one. You're going to roll 7, drop the lowest, and then roll 2 more that are above whatever the lowest one you dropped was. So if I roll 7 and the lowest one I had was a, what, like a 10 that okay, I have yeah, to get yeah. an 11 or above for my next rolls? Uh-huh. You roll two more dice, until, or you keep rolling dice, until you get an 11 or higher, two 11s or higher, and then you can replace your two lowest stats with those stats. Yeah. And uh, I want you to know I'm making the face from the aliens guy meme right now. Because <laughs> that's, why would you, what, 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 you could just do a bell curve, you don't need to... You don't need to roll 7d20 to generate 5 stats, and I don't know. Oh, and and at this point, once you've rolled your stats, you get to check to see if you get to be any of the cool alien races. Yeah, there is stat requirements for all but maybe like 5 out of the 20 races you could be. Now that... Keep in mind that races we're saying as a separate thing from from the uh, the adventurer classes. Some of the adventurer classes are obviously races, like dwarves and psi elves, but there are also a list of 20 or so... Uh, like monstery things you can be, yeah, including tree lots and no, you wait, could, yeah, you could be a tree demon or a giant air elemental or a mutant lizoid. Yeah, <laughs> some of them, some of them make perfect sense when you're when you're reading through there. You got your your uh, boglodite. Yeah, you know your biogladite. Sorry, armored mantis. <laughs> right. So <laughs> your typical adventurer now. You think, okay, great, well, well, what is that? How do you know what those are? Is there a little section at the front with those 20, like like just a paragraph of information, maybe a picture of them, something like that, so you know when you roll and you want to be a biogladite that you know what that is? Is that there? Is that there, John? Uh, no. Well, what do you get instead? Nothing. You get, their, you get nothing. You get their names listed Good on the table. Good day, sir. <laughs> so, so, um... Okay, so to get those, you have to get certain stat requirements on your uh, on your D20s. This is also true of the character classes. Yeah, there are, of the character classes, there are 5 out of 20 that you can just be regardless of what you rolled. Everything else has a minimum requirement. Some are fairly easy. 
Like, if I want to be a shadow master, mm-hmm. I need to have rolled a 16 and a 13 at least for two of my stats. All right. Yeah. That, considering I'm re-rolling anything below an 8, that's fairly likely to happen. Sure. Then you have ones like, let's say, I want to be a Psy Elf. Because mm-hmm. I want to be a psychic elf, because that sounds great to it's me. It's also the only kind of elf. Yeah, there is no non-psychic elf. All elves are psychic. All elves are psi-elves. Yeah. I don't know why they don't just call them elves in that case, but whatever. Maybe the, maybe the regular elves died out during the great plague of everyone getting stupider. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to be a psi-elf for your stats, you had to roll at least a 20, a 19, another 19, and an 18. Oh, so out of your, uh, out of your six stats, you needed to have four of them above 18? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Now, if you that's probably the worst of the generic character classes. If you flip over to the race ones, you'll see the Panther Men, which require you... Now, the way that they do with the, the race, the variant races, is instead of giving you just those those 20s you have, or numbers you have to roll on D20s, they give you something called your skill points. You get your skill points by taking all of the stat scores you have, totaling them, and then multiplying that by two. Now, this is interesting because a lot of them have requirements that are things like skill points required, 165. Why isn't that 170, since you can't get 165 by multiplying a even number, or a, a whole number by two? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, it should just be 170. But Panther Men have a requirement of 235, which means you need to re- roll... Five twenties? Yes. Yeah. You, you need to roll almost entirely twenties and a nineteen. Yeah, a Fiend or a Panther Man, both of them are... I hope you rolled five twenties if you want to be just... You know, a big panther dude. They're not that special. And they aren't even that good. You probably don't want to be a panther man. Uh, but for some reason, you gotta have that. Just a quick aside. Oh yeah, if you want to be a furry, basically, is what it is. You, you gotta earn your fun in this game. <laughs> if you want to play as a cool cat dude. Yeah, man. So It says here you do get a tank top and dog tags. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Oh, and if you roll uh, all 20s, then you can play as like a... An a, immortal born. An immortal born, which means you get to start the game as a super cool god. Except you don't, because when you start as an immortal born, they're just like, what does that mean? Well, it means one of your parents was a god, and he gave you a magic item, and he'll probably come back at some point and be a dick to you or something, because fuck you. Right. Okay, so let's let's get into the actual character classes of this game. I, I like this list. I gotta be honest, I really do like this list, because it doesn't have fighter on it. It's just nonsense. It's it just is, bonkers. It is the weirdest selection of character classes, because there is no generic for anything. Like, normally you go into a thing, and you're like, alright, here's a fighter guy. Or if you're in one of these type of, like, everything in the kitchen sink type games, here's a gun guy. Yeah, some kind of soldier or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, if it's a game that's super broad... You're gonna get super broad categories like you're a you're a dexterous guy or you're you're the smart player. Yeah, or you get things like you know, like Rift's rogue scholar or you're a doctor or whatever. You have very generic, specific to doing an idea. Yeah. Type now, now Rift's is similar to this. Rift's has a lot of very weird classes that you wouldn't see in other games. You know, like your mind bleeders and your uh, well, yeah. Once Cosmo you get Knights. into like your twelfth book, the difference is that Rift's has something like four hundred and eighty OCCs. Oh yeah. This game has twenty classes, and it's fun to see the selection. So let's go ahead and read them off and and discuss them. All right. So you're gonna get an alchemist. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a gay guy who who uh... the alchemist. <laughs> The alchemists are one of the more powerful things in this backstory of the game. They Mostly because uh, they know how technology works and they won't tell anyone. Yeah, that's their big secret. So they have some spells. I think they are... They're basically tech priests from yeah. 40k. 
I'm trying to remember if they're full or partial casters, because that's a thing in this game. Uh, I think they're partial. They mostly just learn how to harness, like, starfire. Right, yeah. Full casters can do more spell casting per day than partial casters. It's just a number of, like, fatigue points that they get that they can use for their spells. Yeah. Uh, almost every class, as it gets super high level, gets spells. That's, like, your reward for getting high level in this yep. game. I think, basically, all but maybe a three or four out of the 20 don't have the caveat of if you meet X requirement, then you get to cast spells. Yeah. Okay, so next up, we have the Amazon. Which is the aforementioned under-boob uh, Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, she's not really very Wonder Woman-y, though. If you're, like we said earlier, you can basically divide all these classes up into uh, into Justice League members. Uh, Amazon is Batman. They they get uh, they are very good for some reason, even though the drawing is of your standard Valhallen type uh, woman. She literally looks like that. Like she's got the the huge Viking helmet and the spear. Yeah, that's not an Amazon, but whatever. Okay, it's fine. What are they good at? Oh, lock picking. Yeah, you're a rogue apparently. Bypassing doors, and you'll get spells at, at random times for no reason. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, after that, we get the Aquarian, which yeah, is yeah. just Aquaman. Yeah, or Wondar. <laughs> Depending on how deep you want that bench <laughs> to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you get, in addition to your I can swim around and talk to fish and stuff like that, uh, you get sonar and all of that. My favorite thing that they have is oxygen manipulation. Mm -hmm. So you can either do the, like, I'm underwater with someone and I can give them oxygen. I can do, like, the mermaid kiss. Mm-hmm. But then if I'm above water, I can go, hey, I take all the oxygen out of your lungs. Fuck you. Ha <laughs> ha. Never yeah. had that happen. It sucks. And it's, uh, it, it is a save or die that you get at level one. <laughs> like, as, as a character, you're just like, what do you have? Well, one of my innate abilities lets me kill anyone. Let me, brief aside here, four of the stats that you get in this game are surprise A, surprise B, surprise C, and surprise D. There are various percentile tables to in indicate your chance of being surprised by things happening. Now, excuse me, it's actually surprise double A. Oh, gosh. And then A and B and C. I forgot about surprise double A. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for, that's for really small surprises. That's like, that's like mosquito bite surprises. No, those are the super double surprises. Oh, I was that's going what by an invisible sizes. ambush. Right. Okay, what's next? Uh, the archer. You oh. are Green Arrow. You are extremely Green Arrow. Your or spells, your spells are powered by earth power instead of by, uh, you know, boxing glove arrows, but... But it's still, I shoot you and knock you out, or I... Fire like, a bola at you, or... Yeah it's, yeah, it's all his trick arrows, but they're magic instead of technology. Yeah, and that's our first introduction to Earth Power, which is one of the three or four different types of magic in this game. You've got basic magic, or arcane stuff, you've got Earth Power... And you got Chi. You got Chi, and then there's also uh, Venderant Nalabarong, which is the super magic that no one knows how to do. It's it's god magic. It's well, it's almost god magic because well, then there's also there god, is god magic. magic. But then Venderant Nalabarong is like a step below god magic. It's like demi god magic. It's like it's supposed to be kind of like Cthulhu level magic. Like it's, it's it it is. It's a language that no one speaks. Oh yeah, it it is the language of the universe. So yeah. it's like you're telling the universe what to do by speaking Venderant Nalabarong. Venderant Nalabarong sounds like. I don't know, a description of an Australian animal. Like, oh, look, it's a Nalabarong. Ah, he's a real vendor at one. <laughs> See? Yeah, that Nalabarong. Exactly. Oh, I'm gonna get ya. <laughs> Damn it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm never, I want to see someone with one of those Billabong shirts, but it just says Nalabarong. 
there'd be the deepest of deep cut shirts that no one would ever get. They would just assume it was some surfing thing. <laughs> right, now they'll be wrong. Okay, so moving on past the Magic Tribes, what's the next race? We have the Chameleon Drake. Okay, Chameleon Drakes are lizard dudes who can turn themselves into any type of dragon that lives on the planet. Yeah. Um, by basically just wanting to. They, they can, they can kind of slowly change their form. But, uh, they don't look like dragons, they look like, uh, Dragon Man. Dragon. They look like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Dragon Edition. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they are. They look they look kind of look like the old gargoyles. Oh, yeah, fair enough. That's yeah, I can look uh, if they could do the cloak out of wings thing, they would totally look like gargoyles. Yeah. Uh and then we get dwarfs. Okay, so dwarves uh once again based entirely on the picture are weird little bearded dudes with invisible legs. <laughs> <laughs> the picture for this is wonderful. What was supposed to be armor ended up just sort of looking like the someone's bat. hollow leg. <laughs> yeah. So the dwarf looks like he's got cool invisible legs. He's, <laughs> so if you want to play his phantom limb, then that then the dwarves are the class for you. And uh, they also get some... Their special abilities are... Weird. Weird. They, there's a lot of uh, earth power stuff that's like... I don't remember exactly. It's like they can be turned invisible and, uh... Yeah, but then they also have things like teleporting or invisibility, like your standard dwarf has. Yeah, so the dwarves are unusual. Uh, they're known, they're noted in the fluff of the game for being the only race that retained archives, which means they remember times before times. Yeah, cause there was a big plague that made everyone dumb. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean everyone's intelligence was set to at least below eight. Right. Yeah, like 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 when you're watching a reality show. Yeah, basically that. Yeah. Uh, so next we have the giant, which okay. is just a big dude. It kind of looks like Chuck Norris with an axe, and that's the fighter of the game. Uh, yeah, he's his uh actual like your abilities and whatnot. Everyone's write up is the smallest of everyone, and it's just a bunch of background. And then your natural ability is you're tough and you're strong. And you like piloting boats. And they're only, like, natural ability. Oh, they love boats. They love, yeah. not only do they love boats, gi- giants are naturally sailors in this game. Oh, yeah. But they also are the only ones who have airships. They and they're, ha- they're they only, the only ones who do anything with ships, really. Yeah. Their, uh, their only ability, beyond just hitting things with axes and stuff, is the, the, uh, natural born ability to shrink so that they don't have to be giants. Yeah. So that they can go into other people's houses. And they can just go, on a truck! Yeah. <laughs> Let's go right back up. <laughs> Uh, and you got then you got the gnome. Yep, gnomes, which are apparently just Lemmy Killmeister <laughs> shooting yeah. a laser beam. Yeah, he's he's uh, what do you call that? He's uh, defiling a tree. Is that I, I want a little context on defiling a tree? He is not putting his wiener in it. He's uh, <laughs> well, he, I am. He's Dark Sun style defiling that tree. He's pulling the life force out of it to fire a beam of beaminess. Yeah, beams. And he's completely in profile. Oh my god. Yeah, and uh, because gnomes have to be able to talk to fucking badgers, they have that ability. And then they are also partial earth power casters. Yeah. So good for them. They're... They they are pure earth oh, power I'm casters. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're full. They are all about that shit. I haven't seen this book in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so then we get the Mage Warrior, which... I don't remember shit about the Mage man, Warrior. The biggest thing the Mage Warrior gets is you're a caster and you get a staff for free. Well, you need to have a Dr. Fate on your team, of uh, on your obvious Justice League team, so there you go. Yeah, then you get Mutant, which is just an X-Man. Yeah, there's some kind of X-Man. You roll on a set of powers. It's literally the same set of powers from Heroes Unlimited. Yeah, it's I, just, I shouldn't say hey, literally, but it's very close. It's just super speed, invulnerability, wings, and so on. Yeah, you are just an X-Man. Then yeah, you get so random ninjas. powers. You get ninjas. Ninjas are very interesting in this game. They, they have a... Uh, they have their whole ecosystem of ninjas that they they learned to do uh, with uh <laughs> they have telepathy but for other ninja yeah. only. They worship the god of ninjas whose name is Tuch. 
Like, T-U-C-H. Yeah, I love that, essentially, going by the fluff, ninjas were created by the Jesus in order to be an adventurer, but they have their own god? Yeah, and it's Tooch. T-U-C-Tooch? Do you think they worship Stanley Tucci? Yeah, well, I mean, who doesn't? Right, yeah. I celebrate his entire oeuvre. Well, I, I really like all those ninjas he created. <laughs> Dear Stanley Tucci, thanks for all the ninjas, Julie Newmar. Also, I really liked Big Knight. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we get our Psy Elf. Psy Elves, which are elves with psychic powers. They're psych- and mostly it's just, I can create a psychic dagger. Or yeah. a psychic shield, or so a psychic sword. So they're kind of like Psylocke, but, yeah. but an elf. But but more of an elf. Yeah, a little more of an elf. Not much more. More of an elf, like... On the elf to Asian scale, they're slid a little <laughs> further away from from Psylocke towards towards elf. <laughs> Which I mean, that scale is not as big as you would think. It's it's a near universal. I mean, we all know the elf to Asian scale. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we all had to memorize that in school, right? Yeah, yeah. You had to get your uh, your metric conversions, and then you had to get your, your Asian to elf conversions. Yeah, it's an it's the x y axis, and then the up down one is is uh, dwarfed and what Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's the, uh, there's, <laughs> there's the diagram, which is the Scots to dwarves, which is just, just a circle. Just a circle. <laughs> it's a Venn diagram, but you'd never tell. Yeah. It's supposed to be red and blue, but it's just purple. <laughs> what is that? How come no one can play a dwarf without giving him a stupid Scottish accent? What? So, cause someone decided years ago to do that, and now it's just a thing. <laughs> it's just permanent. Because have you been to Scotland? Dwarves everywhere. It's just dwarves. It's crazy. It's just axes and mines. <laughs> yeah. Remember when those dwarves tried to vote for their freedom in Faerun? Oh, uh, that poor country with no one, no one who do, who has a visible leg amongst them. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, all we, right. Then we get shadow masters and shadow, shadow warriors, masters. or various shadow folk. And uh, shadow, they're two different things. Uh, shadow masters are like. Casteries. Caster wizard dudes, and then Shadow Warriors were created. Is that my right? Or they no. Cre- no, I'm, Those thinking are... of, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. Forget forget I said anything. Go ahead. No, the, the the Shadow Warriors are just this sort of the difference between being like, I'm a wizard and I'm a mage warrior. Right, which okay. Which is actually a different class that doesn't have anything to do with fighting, but uh... don't worry, that'll come up again in a couple pages. Yeah. So then we have our shaman, which is just Indians. It and it's... before we <laughs> We get into that. Sure. It's not just, oh yeah, these guys are totally Indians. To read from the book, as a race, the shamans are North American Indians. Although not all tribal shamans are Indians. What? <laughs> so they're Indians, but some of them aren't Indians. Yeah, it's as a race, they are Indians, although not all shamans are Indians. Just just to reiterate, the first thing that happens to Cinnabar after he teleports people to it is that some mutant goes crazy and uh, activates an engine that detonates, that kills most of the... Yeah, a crap load of uh, radiation spills out. Kills almost everybody. The survivors are 1,500 of the the people who live on Earth. 1,500 survive. I don't think there's 1,500 Native Americans left that are pure blood. (laughs) And and you're telling me that they managed to repopulate into a pure blood race again? Were were there like two? Man, they must be dumb as hell, and I feel bad. I'm not saying that... (laughs) I, I just mean they must look like British royalty at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to imagine going from 1,500 people up to 6 billion and then down to, like, 200,000. Everyone on this planet, the whole, like, oh, it was the Dark Age, it was a plague. I'm like, no, that's genetics. 
you all inbred so much, you are just pants on head stupid, the oh, lot yeah. of you. you I, I'd say three out of four of them are probably born with, like, liquid bones. <laughs> uh, okay, so we get our golden slash scarlet tigers, which are... Martial artists? Just just ninjas that can shoot chi fire? They all have to wear Batman cowls? Yeah, so does the mage tiger. Which is just a wizard one of them. Also, so you know, these the tigers aren't actually tiger men. The panther man is a panther man, and the batman is a bat that is also a man. Mm-hmm. The tiger is, however, just a dude. Yeah, it's a dude wearing literally wearing a Batman cowl. And like a ninja garb, they they look like yeah, the the mage the one the picture for the mage tiger. It's got, literally it's looks trace. like Feldian. It's it's got to be a trace. Look at it's got look at the belts. He's got belts and pouches. He's got a spawn cape and a Batman cowl, and he's doing a Doctor Strange uh, spell cast. It is amazing. It's 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 like an amalgamation. Also, when you look at the belts all over him. Think Cyclops, because that's Cyclops' belts. <laughs> he stole Cyclops' belts. It's, it's, it's Spawn stole Batman's helmet and Cyclops' belts and started casting Dr. Fate's uh, little onk bolts. <laughs> that's And that's what a mage tiger is, except not really. Really, they they get none of the good stuff from, from regular tigers, which means they're crappy martial artists. And then to, to uh, replace that, they're also crappy wizards. Yep. You get the crap from everything. Hooray! Okay, next we come to one of my favorites. The were-men. Okay, were... I don't think he knows what it means. No. Uh, <laughs> Raven C.S. McCracken has no idea what the prefix where is actually supposed to mean, because it shows up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, in the beginning of the of the book, uh, it's described how the god Aridius sent, or his avatar, sent Earth, or Mars, or Cinnabar, hurtling through space <laughs> to get to Shalom, and he protects it by summoning a were storm. Yeah, Which, it's a storm that is only a storm on when full moons. Full moons are there. No, normally, it's a man. Yeah, <laughs> a, a vaguely stormy-looking man. It like, looks like Bluto from Popeye, and then he turns into a big storm. And then there are the Ware Men, which, if you know what Ware is supposed to be in Werewolf, it literally means a man wolf. That's what the Ware prefix is talking about being a man. So this is a man-man. It's a man-man. Which is fine. The were-man is the only one where you might say it makes sense because they were created. So they're like, we are man-human men. Yeah, alchemists made these guys as their bodyguards. And their power set mostly comprises of surrounding themselves with sheaths of energy. Yeah, they have an absorption field, and it's great. Everyone loves it. And they can, and, and their sheaths of energy, because this book is 80s power mullet super excess, is described as pitch black, but you can see them through it. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Next up, we We come to our favorite, (laughs) absolutely my favorite in the book, the Winged Warriors. Oh, the Winged Warriors. Because, because if you have a Justice League, you need a Hawkman. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, so Winged Warriors are, um, extra muscly naked dudes with wings. Yeah, they're, uh, like, weirdly, uh, resistant to damage. They've got some tenths, which we'll get into. We'll talk about tenths in a second, because, oh lord, do I ever want to talk about tenths. But yeah, they've but got special abilities, and I, wings, and all that. One of my favorite things to get into is right here. One of the things about this book that led me to my conclusion that he never stopped typing under any circumstances is the, the a brief part of the description of Winged Warriors, uh, and, and let me just, let me just give it to you right here. Winged Warriors are the performing artists of Cinnabar, Okay, before I keep going, let's point out they're also winged warriors. They're all really muscly, they all fight with bladed wings, and they're adventurers. And there's not very many of them, because there's only a set number of adventurers that live on Cinnabar. They yeah, there's cre- 600 adventurers. They were created by uh, Aridius, to, or his avatar, to guard Cinnabar. Just say Jesus, it's Jesus. easier. Okay, space Jesus, fine. 
I like the word Aridius. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, so of the 600 divided into 20 classes, there's 30 of these guys. So that's what that means, unless those numbers fluctuate. Oh, yeah. There's roughly 30 of these guys. Winged Warriors are the performing artists of Cinnabar. Twice monthly, opposite the Dalhada Concerts, the professional troupe of actors called Live Emotion <laughs> perform comedies and dramas. However, however, okay, there's, there's, there's a, uh, there's a dark side to this Caveat. Cloud. Caveat. Uh, however, they do not perform musicals because most Winged Warriors, out of the 30 of them, have poor singing voices and even worse rhythm. Yeah. So and they so can't they, jump. So I guess they're flying white people. <laughs> yeah. They're <laughs> really good at improv troops. Yeah. Ah, coming up, the Winged Warriors group assaulted nuts doing <laughs> improv. Hey, can I, can I get a suggestion for where we are right now? The Forbidden Island continent. Ah, <laughs> uh, I heard Terra City. All right. We're going to go with that. <laughs> what about a, what about a job option? <laughs> uh, Alchemist. Dwarf. I heard Scarlet Tiger. Okay, Scarlet Tiger in Terra City. It might go a little bit something like this. God, how do they get live emotion? <laughs> live emotion sounds like the name of a J-pop song that was attached to Gundam Wing. Yeah, no, live emotion is definitely something I have danced to in Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> live emotion comes with glow sticks. <laughs> And, uh, and so these thirty, there's these thirty of these guys, and and just once again, these are angels. They they have wings under their arms, so they're closer to the silver hawks than they are to regular angels. And, wow, that was a deep pull. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, the other thing. So not only are they just like we're the improv group of Cinnabar, but they're obsessed with hunting. Oh yeah, that's it. It's acting and hunting, and they go hunting for storm drakes, which is just one of the many kinds of dragons that you find around Cinnabar. Yeah, which is weird because there are actually dragons, and they're different from drakes. Except he switched them for no reason. Drakes are the giant big dragons, and dragons are small little drake things. Right, and then there's also hydras, which are actually hydras, <laughs> which are you know, hydras. Yeah, we all know what hydras yeah, are. Yeah, who doesn't know a good hydra? Yeah, hydra is a little near microscopic cnidarian type animal that. Lives on ferns and under underwater reefs and pulls in uh, other smaller plankton through its mouth. Right? Yeah. We all know what hydra is. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So after that, that's all gonna, twenty. Yeah. That's that's all of it. Oh, now, just real quick. One of the ways you can create a class in this game, if you want to play a specific character type, is you can be one who was raised in another one's guild. It's a way to get a different set of skills for your class. So that means that you can play as a dwarf uh, who, who is not a dwarf, but was actually born a, a tiger, but was raised dwarf. But is is a dwarf now because dwarf isn't a race; it's a guild. Yeah, there's there's a dwarf guild, and they'll teach you to be dwarfy by God. <laughs> Even if you're a giant, they'll teach you to be a dwarf. <laughs> I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. <laughs> I told you I'd shoot. Why, Why didn't, didn't you believe, believe me? <laughs> so yeah. Oh, and uh, we skipped over the biosynthes cyborg. How did we do that? The biosynthes cyborg is one of the best because of that name. Yeah, and you also needed to roll three natural twenties on your skills on your stats in order to be one. But if you are, then then it was worth it because you're cyborg from Justice League, and you get to have all kinds of cool missiles coming out of you, and you get to fly on hover jet, ridiculously uh, durable and strong. Yeah, they're they're amazing, and they come in four varieties uh, that do different types of things, and then there's a super variety that does all four of those things, but is irredeemably evil. Ooh, yeah. So, uh, so after you've done that, now you have to get your skills. And the skills, I have, I've had many a review on here where skills have pissed me off because there have been like 40 or 50 of them. And there's, yeah, there's too many. That's and what... I'm like, this is so dumb. 
Yeah, no riffs, one needs that many skills. Palladium has that problem where you know you have basic math and advanced math and six kinds of pilot. But it, right here, <laughs> the complete skill list goes to one hundred and ninety-two skills. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you're thinking, oh, well, that's probably okay. Maybe the characters are very broad and they have a lot of these skills. Okay, first of all, no. And and second of all, wouldn't that be worse? Like, yeah. I don't want to write that down. No, I don't need to know if my guy has fucking, like, brewer or carpentry or glass blowing or cinematography. Look at the piloting section. The piloting section is, is going to be 15 by itself. Yeah, and I like that they... Assume submarines are going to be so prevalent that piloting submarine is its own skill. It's real hard to tell what's going to be prevalent in this universe because uh, it's 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 had a big dark ages and some of the population has recovered. A lot of people seem to be running around with swords and shields and chainmail, but at the same time, there's like ultra spaceships piloted by super police from space and and uh, and, and a lot of people are carrying around power shields. It's 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 a very mishmashy tech yeah. level. It you have. Some people who are like, I have no idea what technology is, I run around with a sword and I try to stab things, and other people are walking around in full suits of power armor shooting giant missiles. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, like, I keep saying it, this guy had to have done some Palladium gaming. Oh, yeah. This, This guy, if he did not play Rifts before this, I would be absolutely amazed. I would eat my hat. Yeah, I would also eat his hat. I would buy a hat for John to eat if this guy didn't play some Rifts. Yeah. So anyway, there's a million skills. And, and, and then <laughs> after that, in case the 192 skills was enough, he gives another like 50 hobby skills that you could have. Yeah. So if you wanted to have golfing or interior design or, or kite flying. I think yo-yo throwing was my favorite of them. Yeah, crocheting also mm-hmm. in there. All of these and more this could be is, yours. This is an unnecessary list. And I don't want to accuse this book of being, I mean, it's like 400 pages of book, but it's, but that list doesn't need to exist. You just it, it could just be pick a hobby and and don't keep skipping because this is one of my favorite sections right here. Right here we see a list of uh, the types of creatures you could play as. Yeah, these are the variant races that we had mentioned before. Uh, except there's not as much description as you might want. It's just a single paragraph and uh, the skill levels that they get and the stuff they start with. And let's just pick one and tell you about the stuff it starts with because that's always kind of fun. All right, so let's say you really want to be a tree demon. Why not? You've always dreamed of, I don't know... Don't worry, they're neither tree nor demon. They're just weird little Ewoki things that live near trees. Yeah, so great. You have resistances to earth power. Good for you. Mm -hmm. You get some skill points per level. You get some starting skills. So you have skills in sniping and infiltration and ambush and concealment because apparently you're a fucking assassin as a tree demon. Hell yeah. And then, uh, you get one-tenth of damage protection. Ooh, 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 ooh you want to do that now? Ooh, ooh. Oh, fine, let's talk about tenths. All right, so, uh... <sighs> okay, this is the worst fucking system that has ever existed. Hey, remember MDC? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the good old Halcyon days of MDC? Okay, MDC is not a very good system. I think we can agree on that, right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's an interesting system. It's easy to rationalize and to explain. Uh, but, you know, it's just not a very good set of rules, because it just basically means some things are completely invincible to some other things, and it basically means you have two games you could be playing. Yeah. Uh, this game uses tenths. Now, a single tenth reduces damage that you take from a variety of sources, but not all sources. By, by a tenth. By a, no, by, by 90%. Well, no, by, it, it takes <laughs> it a tenth. It divides it by ten. A tenth place, basically. A yes. tenth place gets moved, you move a decimal over. Yeah. 
So if you were to take 10 damage and you have one-tenth of protection, you would take one damage. Hooray! If you have two-tenths of protection, then you take one one-hundredth the damage you would have taken for something. Yeah. You can get up to four-tenths of magic One thing. Damage. Yeah, one thing. Another thing, I think it's just physical tenths. Well, there's personal tenths. So mm-hmm. if I'm, say... Uh, Aquaman, and I start with a tenth of damage protection, and I can roll up extras, and I get to four tenths damage protection. You're taking one point of damage per every thousand damage you take. Uh, no, for every ten thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand damage. Ten thousand points of damage gives one damage point to me. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, if I put on a suit of armor with four tenths of damage protection, I now have eight tenths of damage protection. You take one damage for every ten million. Yeah, every ten million damage does one point. Which seems like it would be kind of insane. Well, what about magic damage? No, stops nothing. Tenths are, unless they specifically say this stops magic damage, do nothing against magic. And you start out as a character with, like, upwards of, if you're hitting the ceiling of starting health, you're probably going to be topping out at a thousand hit points. Yes. A... Uh, a decent weapon? Could like, do up to about 1,800 or so. Like a starting sword or something. Could, well, yeah. Depending on your strength, or if you manage to just uh, roll really well for your starting wealth, and you just buy a really good, like, blaster or whatever, you could probably just, if they didn't have tenths of damage protection, instantly kill basically anyone. Yeah, or be killed yourself instantly. Uh, a lot of the classes start with multiple tenths. Winged warriors, for example, start with two tenths of damage protection. Yeah, they're just really durable. Yeah, because... heavy durability, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, so that's a thing. There are, uh, that's tenths. Tenths are super fun. They're, they lead to the fact that there's no weapons in this game that do, like, any number that doesn't end in two zeros of damage. Yeah, like, no, nothing literally does, nothing the, does seven damage. No, the lowest damage anything does in this book is at least a hundred. Yeah. So, why they don't just knock those zeros off? I don't. It's it's because it's not cool. No, because yeah. then he he came up with this tenth system and he needed to keep writing. Yeah. So obviously, just don't stop. Don't stop. Keep writing. Click 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 click. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's dumb and bad. And yeah, I should feel bad. You, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the paperclip was trying to tell him that in in <laughs> Lotus One Two Three or whatever he was writing this on in 1988. So. Uh. So yeah, there's a little paperclip popping up that was like, "You appear to be completely insane. Do you <laughs> do you want to not write tenths? Did so. you mean ten damage? <laughs> no, I meant one thousand, and you can cut it with tenths. I want to make it so that each section of weapons has five weapons in it, and then each one of them goes up by a full magnitude of damage. So there's a good gun and an insane gun and a space gun and an ultra space gun instead of two choices. Oh yeah, because you'll be looking at something and you go like, "All right." What is the damage on this gun? Well, it's a laser blaster. It's a super high-tech weapon. It can do a thousand to ten thousand damage. That's how they. That's the notation in this game, by the way. He doesn't mention the dice and, no. t- and math. It's, it's just you figure it you out. You work it out. It's it's a it's a d and d first edition yeah. rules. So it's basically a d ten times a thousand. Yes, it is. So there you go. Uh, and then if you want to go, okay, you know what? I managed to roll, like, three million as my starting uh, money because I rolled really well. I'm going to go ahead and get a laser impact sonic rifle that does 100,000 to 400,000 damage. Okay. Why not? So 1d4 times 100,000 yeah. damage. Yep. That's kind of kind of 
what, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's kind of swingy, isn't it? Yeah. Your high roll does 300,000 damage more than your low roll. Yep. And it's one of those things where, unless you are specifically fighting someone that's like, yeah, I had five-tenths of damage protection, then you're like, hey, man, you're dead. Like, real, real dead. Don't don't worry about if that's unfair or not. A lot of this game that we don't want to talk about on mic because it's boring is power draw and weight limits and all that kind of shenanigans. Literally, if there's a rule you've ever heard of in any role-playing game ever, it's in here. Like, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to go through the details too much, but the to roll to hit something, you roll percentile. There are four kinds of crits you could potentially roll on that percentile. Oh yeah, there's and like, when you're rolling to hit someone, we also have a roll to hit like hit location table. Yeah, there's a dodge percentage table. If you fuck up your dodge, there's a fate roll. Yeah, to see if you don't fuck up the dodge again. Yeah, and then if you fuck that up, there's a god roll. Yeah. I don't... Literally, every rule you've ever heard of in a role-playing game is in here. If it if it adds complexity, it's in here. There's hardness values for your weapon, and it might let you cut through tenths of damage protection. There's there's uh, life points attached to your armor so that you slowly uh, degrade your tenths. Yeah, you have to get your armor repaired, because if it takes, like... It has 100,000 life points, and if you took 50,000 damage on your armor, then you have to repair 50,000 of it to get back. There's mana and fatigue and memorize spells. Everything. Every rule you've ever heard of is in here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. And, and it's really fun. I, I don't, I, I don't, we're, we're gonna probably run out of time because the, we're, we're like less than halfway through the book. We put, we put post-it notes in here about stuff we wanted to talk about. And I think we've gone through four of the 15 or so of them. Yeah, out of uh, 400 pages, just to let you know, everything we've talked about fits in the first 100. <laughs> so uh, we're, 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 gonna get, we're almost definitely going to have to do a second episode of this. Uh, okay, so yeah, every rule you've ever heard of, John's reaching for a card, so I'm going to let him talk. So in addition to all of this, you're like, all right, look, you're an adventurer on Cinnabar. That's your thing. Maybe you go through these various continents. Maybe you do whatever. Maybe you managed to talk some alchemist into giving you a fucking, like, power armor. Or maybe you just are a giant with a 700 strength and you swing an axe. Alright. Great. Love it. You can go to all of these different places. But then there's an entire section of this book for starship creation. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really wanted to talk about this, too. The, the chapters of this book might as well be, like, different books. Like, you'll be, you'll be finishing reading the section about what types of precious metals there are that you could get. Next page, starship creation. Uh, three pages later, types of fish. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's insane. And to make a starship, you just follow these 11 easy steps. And there are a bunch of approximate sizes. It gives you the volume of the ship in square feet. Uh, gives you a payload. How good your dodge can be in a ship. Okay, this all is... of these things, but that, I don't really care about, whatever. But the whole point of this game is you're supposed to be playing on Cinnabar, and it gives you the option to just go, you know what, fuck this planet, I'm leaving. Uh, yeah, although it does mention that there's like five alien races that are routinely attacking Cinnabar, and that you can go out and interact with them in space, and there's like space stations near Cinnabar and other planets, and whether or not those planets are inhabited. So it really is kind of a game where, like... I, I want to put this out there because it, it, it's uh, if you look at the very front of the book, the, like literally the cover, uh, it, it actually calls itself the single book system. Oh yeah, no, that's the reason this is four hundred pages is he literally tried to put everything you could possibly need in here. Yeah, it's not much of a business model, but damn, he did he ever try? And the the weird thing to me is it's also a game where you have levels, but there is no end, like. D&D, &D, you hit level 20, 
or 30, depending on edition, and you're done. Like, maybe they put out a book that's like, here's epic levels and here's 10 more. This doesn't have that. It's you just, just level forever until you're done with the game. Well, no, actually, you can become a god. That's the big thing is they go, you'll eventually, once you get past like level 50 or basically something, basically 50th level, he's yeah. like, you're probably powerful enough that you should stop worrying about adventuring and be a god so, or something. And then there's a whole bunch of rules for that. Uh, there's there's a whole chapter on what happens when you get too high level. A god reaches out to you, or you try to reach out to a god, but you can only ever try once, because if you try more than once, you evaporate on the spot. Uh, but <laughs> but if if you reach out to a god and are successful, then they give you an insane quest. If you can complete the quest, then they, they reward you with uh, godhood. If you can't complete the quest, then they, they give you another quest. Which is the weirdest thing to me, because... The entire beginning part of this book is like, yeah, they're all of the gods were fighting, and all of them got stuck in like Shadarkeem, the dark yeah. dimension. So they're they're stuck in Shadarkeem because the time god was on the side of evil, so they had to like stop all time for them, uh-huh. so that that wouldn't happen. So essentially, they got fucking time ward, and they don't exist in the universe anymore. Yeah, but it's easy to make new gods. Well, that's just because there's a power vacuum. And, and again, that's it's because you're playing demigods and not real gods. That's that's the difference. Except it keeps talking about like, oh yeah, and then gods will do things. And I'm like, what fucking gods? Oh yeah, well okay, fair enough. Although it has been fifty thousand years, so if those demigods haven't gotten their shit together and gotten up that ladder <laughs> a little bit, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but again, that's just another chapter in this book. What to do if you're a god? That's just yeah. This book really it calls itself the single book system, and goddamn, it is. There's flipping to this. There's an entire section just on. Reactions to getting hirelings. Oh yeah, now this is this was like reading second edition D and D. Oh yeah, this is old school D and D where they're like, yeah, man, you're gonna get some hireling to come with you. I'm like, really? Yeah, and if I'm a fucking giant in power armor, what guy am I hiring? Well, I don't know, but first we have to roll to see if he hates you. Yeah, because that's what the reactions are. Literally, straight out of old monster manuals, the the you encounter something, what is its reaction to you? Is it neutral, ambivalent? Yeah, there's it goes from will probably hate you and will attempt to harm you up to will die for you and works for free. I love that, that that's a random re- role you can get on the chart. Like, you just... Oh, yeah, you go into some, like, hirelings are us, and you're like, I want that guy. I love and you! He, he's just like, oh, my God! I love you! <laughs> the master! Ah! And then, like, you go, also, let me pick up that guy. And he's like, how about you go fuck yourself? Oh, man, you hire me, and I will slit your throat at night. <laughs> I'm a hireling. Oh, oh, oh! We didn't even mention it. In character creation, there is a point where, because you're rolling randomly for literally everything, your age, your physical appearance, which affects your reaction rolls, yeah. and Amazons get a 30% better chance of being pretty. Yes. Well, it, although there's an in-game reason for it, because Amazons have the power to control their pregnancies. <laughs> it's in their it's in their fluff description. They can control their pregnancies to the point where they can pick gender, hair color. Oh, all- yeah. Well, you see... Amazons have a way to shut that whole thing down. Yeah, if, it, if if an ugly kid's in there, they have a way to shut that whole thing down. If it's an illegitimate ugly kid, <laughs> you see, uh, Cinnabar is actually about <laughs> ethics and games journalism. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, in addition to that, you have to roll randomly for your personality. You don't get to decide if people like you or not. You roll randomly. And you have an ego stat, mm-hmm. and it's, how powerful is your personality? And then you roll randomly to see if it's annoying or nice. <laughs> I'm an intelligent weapon from 2nd edition Dungeons & Dragons. What's my ego scorn? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, you find out your ego, and it's like, all right, what is your adjustment? Your adjustment is six, and then you roll for your personality to see if it's plus six or minus six. Right, so are you choleric or temperamental? Yeah, so it's just, are you a super cool guy? Or are you a total D-bag? Well, I rolled this table. It says I'm that one guy that brings a guitar to the party. Oh, I'm sorry. Not only are you a negative, but you're a minus two on top of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so there's there's an entire section here of just like, does he... Oh, oh, auras. Auras. We didn't mention auras. Right. Jesus Christ. This game has auras. Literally every rule you've ever heard of is in this book. It's your alignment system, and it's an aura. Right, and people can see your aura and read it, and they come in colors, and the colors tell you if you're good or bad. Except if you're a wereman. No one gets to know what a wereman's aura is. Because they have mastery of sheaths of energy around themselves, and what else is an aura, really, when you get down to it? Yep, so you can be, like, gold or silver or blue, and then you're a good guy. Rainbow. You could be... You can't actually be rainbow. Like... Scarlet, and then you're a total dick to everyone. That's what the Golden Scarlet Tigers are. Yeah, the reason they are Golden Scarlet Tigers is because you have to be gold or scarlet. And the reason that they aren't Bronze Tiger is because they would have been sued. (laughs) Yeah, because then they would have fought Green Arrow and it would have been sad forever. I mean, literally, they're martial arts wearing half masks. They are Bronze Tiger. (laughs) They just have a different name. Yeah. So, So, yeah, so there's reaction adjustments for if someone has the same aura as you, even if they don't know what your aura is, because apparently your auras are all complimentary? That's weird. I always hate that other guy at the party who brought a guitar. (laughs) He's nowhere near as good at playing old Bob Marley in Time of Your Life as I am. (laughs) Oh, man, when I do Wonderwall, that guy is such a douche about it. Ugh. Yeah, so you get that, and you got animal reactions so that you can be like, Hey, hey, an animal reacts to me randomly. What does it do? It shoots lasers out of its eyes at you and flies away because it's one of this one of this world's bears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the bear that flies and shoots laser beams is famous in this game. The other one that I love, though, is there's the sea polar bear, which instead of flying and shooting laser beams can turn invisible and has a telekinetic bear hug. Yeah, yeah, it can bear hug you from far away. <laughs> it is one of those glitch throws from Street Fighter 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear lord. So, um, so yeah, this book's very scattershot. Literally anything you want, you'll find it in here. Uh, the, the map is amazing. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into the geography of this. Well, why not? Let's let's wrap up today on the geography of Cinnabar. So, Cinnabar has three, four main continents. It also has an inside and an outside, because it's a hollow planet. Yeah, so, uh, most of the world is taken up by water, which, when Space Jesus decided to turn Mars into a ship... He brought a lot of water with him. Yeah, because it's way bigger than our oceans. Because not only is the entire outside in water, the entire inside has its own oceans as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of water. There are three major continents. Most people are going to be playing on the Enchanted Continent, I think. Is that right? or is it? Yeah, the... so you've got the Enchanted Continent. Most people are there. Yeah. You've got your Dark Continent, which is where uh, all of the racist stereotypes of people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely they're what it is. On, they're on the dark continent. Yeah, it's just just constant zippity doodah coming from there. <laughs> just just a low tone of it. Uh, no, yeah. Actually, one of the two, the other two continents so are the dark. The, continent. Yeah, the dark continent is the no magic here continent. Yeah, so no magic works on the dark continent, and then the forbidden continent where no technology works. 
Or is it just nothing worse? No, no, no. Actually, the Dark Continent, no magic or technology. Oh, sorry. Works. Okay, forbidden it is straight is, up. Fuck you, and I don't yeah, care what you. The have. Forbidden Continent is just crazy secret stuff happening, but the Dark Continent is nothing works. Like only you can only use your fifth level abilities and lower. It's, uh, it's weird because it has this entire thing. Like, yeah, in the Dark Continent, it's uh, you can only use low level spells, but it'll keep your spell like caster level, but you can only cast low level spells mm-hmm. and things like that. So you can go, uh, like, if you're a Biosynth cyborg, your all of your stuff stops working, so mm-hmm. you're basically just a shitty dude. And uh, you can only fly if you have wings, so like a winged warrior can still fly, but if you had a fly spell, you can't use it. Right, and if uh, you try to teleport, then there's a 90% chance of you disappearing forever. Yeah, and if you have a spaceship and you even fly above it in the, in the orbit, orbit, yeah, in the atmosphere or above, you just... Lose the ability to fly. Yeah, you just fall out of space. So it's so it's mostly a giant continent covered in crashed spaceships and and the corpses of adventurers who thought it'd be fun to go there because they figure everything's gonna be low level because monsters are immune to this low yeah. level shenanigans. So the dark continent is inhabited by almost every nasty monster that exists on Cinnabar. Also, these monsters seem unaffected by the dark continent's inhibiting or nullifying effects. So there's no good reason to go there. It's just. Out of the three continents in this game you might go to, I guess the Antarctic counts, although it's just described as a bunch of cold, hard-to-get-to mountains, yeah. and the hole to the center of the Earth. The butthole of the planet is... is, yeah. uh, is the Antarctic a- is the journey to the center of the Earth. Yeah, it's got it's got the butthole that takes you in. Um, the moist, welcoming butthole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, um, but the, the Dark Continent is useless. It was like he was just... He was like, oh man, I got, I got to keep writing this, but my hand must be cramping up. What's the Dark Continent do? Nothing. No one can go there. It's, it's impossible. It's way too dangerous. The monsters will just kill you if you go there. Go. It is, next, it is, next, next. It is straight up hard mode. Yeah. It is, what happens if you go to the Dark Continent? Everything you have stops working, and everything else is still the same. Go. It's like when you try and fight those last secret bosses in a Final Fantasy game. It's, it is, it is straight up doing a raid boss in greens. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you're trying to get an achievement. Yeah, that's, this that's, is, this is hard mode. Yeah. So, okay. We got to wrap up. Uh, yeah, there's there's more to say about geography. We'll get into it next time. Are, are you happy so far? This book, I can't stop ranting at people about this book. Every time for the past two weeks when someone has been like, hey, what's the next podcast being about? I have yelled at them for a good 20 minutes about how insane this is. It's it's a, it's a work of art. It's It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> you belong in a museum. Well, that's also true, because, you know, there's got to be a world's largest penis museum somewhere. <laughs> Why would that be an entire museum? Oh, because, you know, it's not going to fit in, a, in in the wing of another museum. <laughs> Phew, saved. Oh, good job. <laughs> that was close. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Okay. We've been live in motion. Thanks for watching. <laughs> um, all right, so tune in in a week. Or two, whenever we get together and record this again. I think we'll probably try to get this one done sooner because we have read the book. Well, while it's fresh in our mind, we'll try and get it done sooner. But tune in soon for uh, Cinnabar Episode 2. The thrilling conclusion. Where you'll finally learn the secret answer of whether or not we would play this game. Uh, in the meantime, you can always find us at Cin- System <laughs> Cinnabar. Cinnabar. It's, you, you can, can find, find us, us on Cinnabar. Cinnabar. <laughs> Watching live emotion shows. <laughs> Uh, you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com, System Mastery on Facebook or Twitter. You can email us at Gmail, System Mastery at Gmail, that is. Or, Cinnabar Mastery on Twitter, <laughs> no Cinnabar one, no Mastery. One, no one could master Cinnabar. <laughs> 
You can't hold all this in your head. It'll activate the, the, the lament configuration and bring Pinhead out. <laughs> That's, that is what he meant when he said he had such things to show you. Yeah, and then he just opened up Cinnabar. Look at this stuff. Jesus wept and then turned Mars into a planet that was a spaceship. Oh man, that makes me think that like Lawrence Fishburne when, uh, when, uh, what's his name was yelling, do you see at him at the end of Event Horizon? He was like holding Cinnabar in front of him. Do you see? Look at this raccoon. He's got a bazooka. Do, do you see? I can't tell if this guy's wearing a loincloth or if he just has loincloth shaped pubes. Do you see? Okay. So that's where you can find us. As always, feel free to leave a comment in the uh, comment section below. Uh, this was a recommendation. Not only was this book a recommendation, it's a loan. So we want to send a special thank you to our friend Ryan for loaning us this book. Uh, you can get it from us at the local mental institution where, <laughs> where we will be. <laughs> I'm planning to go with constantly clutching rosaries. I don't know what John's specific insanity is going oh, to be. I'm probably going to be rocking back and forth talking about all of the various tents that I have. <laughs> there it is. And uh, we'll see you later. Good night. Good night.